everyone, and uh, thank you for joining us. My name is Bruce. And this is Troy. And we're back again for another episode of Under the Fig Tree. We're going to talk today about living a prophetic lifestyle. What does it mean to be a prophet? What does it mean to be prophetic? Are they the same? Are they different? And what does that look like? And we'll probably even juxtapose a little bit. That's my big word for the day, I love Troy. It. Juxtapose <laughs> a little bit. Um, Old Testament prophets and how they function versus New Testament prophets and how they function. So, Troy, if you would, let's let's uh, let's start this out. Such a rich topic. So much to talk about here. There is absolutely no way we're getting this done in one session. <laughs> to answer one of your questions, are they the same thing? Being a prophet and being prophetic? No, they're not. They're not the same thing. Ephesians 4 lays out these gifts from Christ himself, the, the evangelist, the prophet, the apostle, the pastor, and the teacher. Those are gifts. In fact, when you look at what uh, Ephesians said, and I think our very first podcast we talked about we did. Uh, Ephesians 4, um, but the those four or five offices, they are the gift themselves to the body. Yes. So the pastor is a gift to the body. The apostle is a gift to the body. The prophet is a gift to the body, right? Wow. And those gifts come from Jesus himself. Then you have these other gifts that come from Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right? And we see some of those in, in 1 Corinthians. And and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that here in just a second. But one of the things Paul says, I, above everything, I wish you would prophesy. Yes. But he's not saying, I wish you would all be prophets. That's good. Because there's a difference. One of the things, Bruce... I'll be quite honest with you, is when we start talking about prophecy and stuff like that, more times than not, people are saying, well, what is God saying about what's going to happen? Right. When in fact, most prophecy is, what is God saying about right now? Yes. What is he saying right now about right now? And sometimes we lose focus of that because we have in our minds that prophets foretell the future. Yes. And that's a part of it. But that Albeit they, a small but that they part only. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, so I got Jeremiah 110. Okay. Right? And this is the mandate of a prophet, right? So it says, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over nations and over kingdoms. And why did he set him over nations and over kingdoms? Simply to do this, to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down. And then after he does all that, he builds and he plants. Yes. That's the mandate of the prophet. He yes. does these things. He roots out. He pulls down, pulls down what different, whatever needs to be pulled down yes. to destroy, to throw down, and then to build and plant. What is he building and planting? What God wants to be built and planted That's in that right. at that time, right? Could be doctrine at sometimes. Right. Could be you know whatever it is, doesn't matter. But this is what he's telling people. This is the mandate of the prophet. Now we have prophetic people, right? It's a little bit different. And and when I teach this, Bruce, a lot of times what I say is, I am one of those guys, man. I can pull the my wife's car into the garage. Yeah. Jack it up. And if I need to, I can change the brakes on the car. Right. Right. That make me a mechanic. Right. Just, sure. just because I can do something, uh, a small thing that a mechanic can do. Right. Right. One right. of the small jobs a mechanic can do does not make me a mechanic. Right. Uh, it's kind of like being prophetic. Does God use people prophetic? He uses me prophetically. Yeah. Am I a prophet? No. Right. Right. It's a, it's a big difference. So we have in, in first uh, Corinthians 14, it says this, and I'm starting in verse one, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you prophesy. Yes. Not that you be a prophet, but that you prophesy. What is prophesying? Saying what God is saying. That's all. 
That's all it is, right? For he who speaks in the tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. That's right. Verse 3 says this, but he who prophesies speaks what? Edification, exhortation, exhortation. and comfort. Comfort. Prophetic people, this is your lane. Your lane is not to root down or root out, to pull down, destroy, throw down, build. That's not your lane. Which which we may, I think it's okay to say it like this, Troy. Mm-hmm. That's a governmental. It absolutely is. Um, that you, you step over into governmental authority. Which is what the prophet is, right? Which is what the prophet right? is. But uh, th- those that prophesy, our lane is this, that we edify, we exhort, and we comfort. That's exactly right. A lot of times what we try to do, prophetic people, we try to issue out correction and all that. That's nah, exactly right. Let that come from the prophet. Right. Right? <laughs> let it, that come from it, the prophet. It's, it's so important that we understand this. And so I wanted to introduce this to kind of show the difference between yeah. the two. There is a difference between the actual, I love the way you put that because that's exactly how it is, the governmental authority of a yes. prophet versus people who are simply prophetic. Right. And being prophetic is beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It's not to demean it. It just does not have the same governmental authority. It, it doesn't. It, does, it, it, it just doesn't. And you can't make it. And if you try to, things get really, really, um, things, things get really weird, you know, right. when you have someone that, um, you know, that, that co- I, love the, I love the term you use, in your lane. Yeah. And so how messy would things get if runners on a six or eight lane track kept running over into each other's lanes? Correct. Slowing the other down, maybe even tripping them and causing them to fall and crash and burn and 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 not finish the race. I mean, all kinds of things can go wrong. All kind of things, yeah. you know, in certain certain circumstances when we don't stay in our lane. So I think that's right. a great visual uh, for our listeners. One of the things that came to mind when we talked about, you know, that we would talk about this on the podcast, Troy, was looking at Jesus and how Jesus. I say it all the time. If you guys are becoming regular listeners, you'll probably hear this. If you hadn't already heard it a few times, you will, because it's something that I absolutely try to stay focused on, and that is this very simple fact that Jesus Christ is our example in everything's got in everything godly. Mm-hmm. And because he's our example in everything godly, and because he is not just a prophet, he is the prophet. That's right. All the gifts that were given were given by him because he had all of them because he was all of them (laughs) and still is all of them. That's right. Right. So he is what the, what Christianity calls the fivefold ministry. (laughs) He is fivefold ministry. He's the, he's the apostle. He's the prophet. He's the evangelist. He's the pastor and he's the teacher. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important that we, that we understand Troy and make sure that we're looking at Jesus as the ultimate example of a New Testament prophet. Correct. Now, for me, that just that just sends me in 12 different directions at the same time. You and me both. Because, you know, all I've really been taught growing up was, if it was mentioned at all, were the examples of Old Testament prophets. Right. Not taking anything from Old Testament prophets, 
but Old Testament prophets, the scriptures tell us that they all pointed to him. Yeah, and I want to say this real quick, and I'm going to let you finish your point. He's the bridge between the Old Testament because, okay, let's be real about it. When we talk Testament, covenant, we talk covenant. Yeah. Jesus was both. Yes. He was Old Testament. Yes, he was. And he was New Testament. Yes, he was. Because the New Testament didn't start until after the, the resurrection. That's exactly right. When the blood was shed and he resurrected, and now we're in the, in the New. So most of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is still Old Testament. Yep. Most of it is. And we see him operate in that, but then we also see him operate in that afterwards. But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's, that's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Because that helps to, to make my point. Correct. That he is our example. So we're talking about living a prophetic lifestyle. And the differences between a prophet yes. and someone who is prophetic. Yes. But but when we look at Jesus, it's so interesting, Troy, because we see things like Matthew 16, 24. We're talking about examples. Mm-hmm. Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. It's like, whoa, what does it, that have to do <laughs> with being a prophet or even being prophetic? Yeah. When we teach our, um, uh, our prophetics classes, I believe the Lord gave me the, the, the blocks of instruction that he wanted us to focus on. And the very first block of instruction had seemed to have nothing to do with being called to be a prophet or being prophetic or anything. He said, start with love. Oh, man. He said, I want you to start with love. Teach love first. Teach that as a block of instruction. Yeah. Love. Yeah. We just finished a podcast talking about who called you. Yes. And understanding why you were called. Why were we put here? What are we here for? And we came to the conclusion, number one, that God called us. Yes. Called means invitation. Yes. And that he called us. And then number two, that we're here to serve. No doubt about it. No doubt about it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think probably every believer that's listening to us, uh, and maybe some who aren't believers, will agree with us human beings being in the earth, being in existence to serve. Why do I bring that up as we talk about the prophetic lifestyle? Because it doesn't change, Troy. It doesn't change. We're still here to serve. That's right. So when I look at whether we're talking about apostles or prophets or evangelists, or pastors, or teachers. There's a few things that are going to be exactly the same. If your focus is on Jesus, That's right. there's some things that are going to be exactly the same. And so that's why I brought in Matthew 16, 24, because it's Jesus saying to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, you want to be like Mike? Don't be like Mike. Be like <laughs> Jesus. <There> you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You must deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. So once again, the idea that Jesus didn't come for the type of takeover that we might have expected him, that they expected him to come for. He came to show us how to get on our cross, how to serve, how to hear what the Father's saying, and see what the Father's doing. Yes. I call it kingdom overlay. I mm-hmm. call it the kingdom overlay. We're here in this earth, 
but we belong to the kingdom of God. And when we begin to, when we begin to press into asking the father to help us to see everything with the kingdom overlaid over it, then all of a sudden we start seeing how the father would deal with this. We start hearing what the father really thinks about that individual. We're sitting eating breakfast and the father begins to download what he thinks about this individual. You're in the store and you're interacting with someone at the, at the cash cash register. And the father begins to show you and begins to tell you what he thinks about that individual. Yeah, man. And so now if you're bold enough and you're brave enough and you love enough, you do it without even thinking about it. That's the thing that I want to make sure that that gets said on our podcast is that Jesus is our example. He is the prophet that we should be looking at. Not that there aren't things to be pulled from the Old Testament prophets, but looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith now, I think there's so much that we can pull when it comes to understanding Understanding both, really, the office of the prophet, yes, but even understanding being prophetic. Yeah, it's funny because even when I teach, especially about prophetic ministry and specifically a lot of the, the Old Testament pictures and shadows and all this kind of stuff, and you know I teach out of the Old Testament a lot. There's, there's um, no one that I know better, and I don't mean this <laughs> just because you're my friend or because we're on the podcast, but I will tell you there's no one, honestly, that I know that does it better to to bring the Old Testament types and shadows and show Jesus through it, and I mean that sincerely. I, I, I appreciate that, and I, I'm just, in case you guys are listening, you can't see in the room, but I am sliding him a 20. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just <kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll expect the rest yeah. later. <laughs> like we agreed, like we agreed, upon. like we agreed upon. <laughs> just kidding. But it, it's interesting because in the Old Testament, in, in what I teach is when we think law, think Moses. And then yes. when you think prophets, you think Elijah. Yes. But here's the thing that's only contained to the Old Testament. Yes. But what we do is we try to take law and prophet and bring that into the New Testament and yes. apply the same the same method of Moses yes. to the New Testament yes, and the sir. same method of Elijah to the New Testament. Yes, sir. And that's not what we should be doing, right? That's right. We contain that in the Old Testament. We think law, we think Moses, got that. Yeah. And we think the prophets, we yeah. think Elijah, I got that. Jesus yeah. said, I didn't come to destroy either one, right. the law or the prophet, right. but I came to fulfill them. I came to fulfill So he came to tie it all together. But you got to look at what he's saying. He said, I came to do that. I came to do it. I came to do that. That's right. So at that point now, I'm not looking at Moses. That's right. I'm not looking at Elijah. And it forces me to look at the one that tied both of those things together. That's exactly right. Which is Jesus. So it's a wonderful point that you're making. That's that's so good, man. That's so good. I'm looking at a scripture, uh, Luke 2, 52, which I think is so important. Because if we're looking at Jesus, I think it's important as a Jesus, as the prophet of the church, the first prophet, you know, yeah. <laughs> of the church, the New Testament church. I think this is an important point to make for even young prophets and even young prophetic people who may be listening to us right now. Uh, Luke 2, verse 52, it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. 
fact, Jesus had to grow and develop spiritually. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It puts things in perspective, doesn't it? It puts things in perspective. So even if you believe that God has called you, invited you, called, invited, we're going to use that interchangeably because it means the same. Yep. Even if you believe God has called or invited you to the office of the prophet, or simply called and invited you to be a prophetic member of the body of Christ, it's important to understand that even Jesus had to grow and develop. So that means, how do I say this? Let your hair down. I don't have any. I'm bald, (laughs) y'all. But don't get uptight. Don't get tight about wanting to make sure everything is just right. And so if you miss it, if you thought you heard from God, but maybe it didn't pan out or what have you, right? There's time. There's time. Yeah. And there's practice. And there's time to grow. There's growth that will happen. Yeah. You know, if you believe that you've been called, it's not automatic. So uh, here's something, and I'll throw this in because you know me. I'll, I'll be pretty transparent even in my failures. I'm learning because I used to stay away from prophetic people, you know, and I used, I used to say, cause they, they were so weird. And they, they yes. Were, yes, know. we are. <laughs> they were so weird. And, you know, I've seen so many things. I've, I've seen wild prophets and I've seen wild prophetic people and I've right. seen it to the point that it was completely out of context and it was out of the character of God. Right. But then that's how I looked at prophetic people because that was all I saw, Absolutely. you know, and then I came to understand, no, that's, not all that it, you know, but it's not what it is at all, really. That's you know, right. it's decent and in order. There's a way that it's supposed to be done. There's a way it's not supposed to be done. Yes. And I'm avoiding prophetic people for for a good portion of my my walk as a believer in the beginning, right. not realizing I was one of them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and once I started to embrace that and understand, okay, this is this is a capacity in which God wants to use me. I begin to start to practice the gift. Now this is gonna sound crazy. It's gonna sound wild, but look, this is what I did. Okay, I was in the mall one day, and you know I hate shopping, so I wasn't in there for myself. (laughs) But I was in the mall one day, and I believe I heard the Spirit of God speak to me, and I can't remember the exact name, but for the sake of the conversation, we'll say the name was Bridget, Okay, right? Because that's not a very common name, you know, overly common name. But I heard the name Bridget, and I saw this guy walking towards me. So here I am being bold, Yes, and I go up to the man, I said, do you have a daughter or somebody, you know, named Bridget. And he was like, no, I don't. And I said, okay. And I just kept going. Right. Right. No big deal. Right. Right. But it takes guts just to be able to do just it, it, that. It does. I was like, I guess I didn't, you know, I've been practicing this thing and practicing. So I'm in the shoe store, right? Yeah. It's probably maybe 20, 25 minutes later. Okay. Maybe I'm in the shoe store. I'm looking at something on, on, on you know, I, th- I think it was for my daughter. might've been for my wife, one or the other, but I'm looking for something for them. And I'm looking in the shoe store and I hear his voice behind me. This lady says to her, her daughter, Bridget, put those back. We're not getting them. Awesome. And I'm like, I had the name right. Just the wrong person. Just the wrong right? person. And the reason I share that is because even you pract- when you're practicing this gift, God is not here to trick you. Right. He's here to help you. That's right. So he helped me in that instance say, no, you heard right. Yes. You just didn't wait for the rest of the instruction. Right. You just saw this man coming and you assumed yeah. that it was him. Yeah. But you didn't I didn't you you didn't wait for me to give you the rest of it. So So good, man. That's 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 so good. And I've I can't 
we we would have to go into overtime for me to to <laughs> even begin to tell stories. So I won't bother even trying to tell some of those stories. But I've had so many encounters like that, and and I'll I'll sum it up like this: instead of telling all the individual stories, which we don't have time for, <laughs> I'll sum it up like this. One of the conclusions that I came to is that it's one of the ways that the Lord trains you. It's one of the way that the right. Holy Spirit trains you. Right. And and I think that what I'm going to say right now, there are probably a lot of prophetic people out there who will identify with what I'm going to say right now. And that's when you're sitting in church and <laughs> you hear something. Right. And then someone gets up and they say ex- pretty much exactly what you just heard. Yeah. And you go, "Oh my god, oh my god." And you freak out because you know that you just got it. I've had so many people over the years ask me, "What is that? Why does God why does God do that? I don't understand what to do. Am I supposed to go up and tell the pastor?" I'm like, "No, probably not. Probably Unless not. he told you to." <laughs> yeah. No. And and I help people to understand, "No, that's your training. He's tuning your ear." Yeah, man. Yeah. He's tuning your ear. If you're going to be a mouthpiece for God, guess what you need to be able to do? You need to be able to hear. Right. You're going to, and, and you really need to be able to see. Right. Jeremiah, you, you, you started out in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1 um, is very personal to me. Actually, in uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, way back around verse 5, where he talks about, where he tells Jeremiah that I called you before you were formed in your mother's womb, I had already called you, so on and so right. forth, right? Yeah. That's very personal to me. But but one of the things that, that I see there as he's going through that discourse with Jeremiah, I think around verse 8 or 9, don't quote me guys, I, I, I might be off, but it's in there. He God asked Jeremiah a simple question, what do you see? Yeah. He just told Jeremiah that I've called you and set you apart as a prophet in the office of the prophet. Yeah. And then he continues on and says, Jeremiah, what do you see? And so over the years I've come, because I've seen it happen with me, I've experienced it on a personal level, that one of the first things that God does when he calls prophets to the office, right, governmental, right? Correct. Is that he calibrates your eyes right he says jeremiah what do you see when jeremiah attempts to see then god opens his spiritual eyes and he begins to see in the spirit right so there's that training there's that there's that training component that you cannot get around if you're called to specifically, if you're called to the office of the prophet, because of that governmental dynamic right. that's in there. So if you're giving correction, sometimes it can be, it can <laughs> be strong and yeah. you better know that you're, you're really, you're really in there with God and that you have the heart of God so that you give it in the same, how do I say in the same way or with the same passion or with the same heart that the father wants it conveyed in. Yeah. Does that make sense? It, so look, so profamy, right? Yes. Profamy. That's, yes. that's the word for prophet. Yes. In the Greek, right? Yes. Profamy. Um, and it means pro means before. Yes. Like famy means to speak. Yes. Right? So you speak before the people. Yes. You speak before God. You speak but here's the deal. 
and I'm sure you agree with this, and we're attempting to help when it comes to this prophetic lifestyle. Yes. What prophets do more than anything is sit and listen. That's exactly right. Way more than they speak. That's exactly right. They sit and listen way more than they speak because here's the deal. Here's the deal when it comes to prophets. You have the responsibility not only to get what God is saying, but also to convey the emotions in which he's saying it. That's exactly right. So if God is angry, you need to convey that emotion. Don't sugarcoat it. You know, convey that. If God is heartbroken, you need to convey that emotion that goes with that. There's something when the prophet speaks, he should be to the point that he sat in front of God so much that he not only hears what God is saying, also captures the emotion. Jeremiah yes. is a great example of yep. that. All, all of Jeremiah yep. and Lamentation. Yep. He is a great example of that because not only did he capture what God was saying, yes, sir. but he also captured the heart of God when yes. he was saying it. Boy, so this good. is what God, this is how God feels when he was saying this. This yes. and there's there's other prophets besides Jeremiah, obviously. But th- that's the that's one of the things that we have to make sure we do. And this is leads me to a second point. Yeah. Because and, and I think I, I might learn this from you. I'm pretty sure I learned this from you. Um, so we'll give credit to Bruce for this because I'm pretty sure I learned this from you. But every time God shows you something doesn't mean that you're supposed to say it. Oh, boy. And every time he says something to you doesn't mean you're supposed to repeat it. Oh, boy. And sometimes people will say, well, why did he show it to me? Why did he tell me? This is why. Because there is no such thing as a prophet who is not an intercessor. That's exactly There's right. no such thing. So if you're going to be a prophet, you're also going to be an intercessor. And as a matter of fact, if you're going to be an intercessor, there's still a prophetic component that goes with that, That's right? Exactly they go hand right. in hand. Yep. So when you ask the question, well, if he showed it to me, he told it to me, why can't I say it? Well, he might just want you to pray about it. That's right. You know, and he That's might right. just want you to declare some things That's about right. that situation instead of just going off and saying. So it's really about sitting in front of him. Okay, God, this is what you said, and I see how you feel about right. this. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Now go tell it to my people. Then you go tell it. That's but right. don't take it upon yourself to say, I'm supposed to go do this without his instruction. So. There is such a high level of assumption within the body of Christ. I think in general about a lot of things, but, be, but I'll stay on the subject. When it comes to this whole prophetic lifestyle, there is so much assumption mm-hmm. that happens and presumption that happens when it comes to this whole prophetic prophetic lifestyle because, and I love how you frame that because, I mean, I could not have said it better. Everything with God is about relationship. Yes. Relationship before apostleship. Relationship before prophet. Relationship before, uh, you know, before evangelist, relationship before pastor and teacher, right? relationship before the expression of the gifts that he's put on the inside of you. If you can sing the whole building down or, you know, play, play an instrument that brings tears to people's eyes, that's all wonderful. And you should acknowledge that it came from him. But at the end of the day, it's about relationship. Yes. And so, God would, God, God is the one who gave, I always say this, Troy, God gave you the gifts you have. Therefore, he's not impressed with the gifts you have. Oh, man, you got to say that again. I'll say it again. 
for those who are in the back, back in the corner over there. <laughs> the ones hiding in the corner. The ones hiding in the corner. God gave you, gave you the gifts you have. Therefore, he's not impressed with the gifts you have. That's right. So you can't allow yourself to be impressed with the gifts you have. And you have to, okay, here we go. You have to deflect when people want to put you on a pedestal because of the gifts that you have. Yeah. You have to deflect, get that big mirror out and 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 <laughs> deflect all of that praise and all of those accolades back to the one who put the gifts on the inside of you. Yeah. And then be willing to sit quiet when he tells you to sit quiet. Yeah. Be willing to say nothing even though you have the answers. Even though you hear Holy Spirit talking to you. Be willing to sit quietly when he says, no, don't say a word. I had to learn that the hard way at the very That's beginning. That's a hard lesson, brother. <laughs> Listen, we're 37 years into this. Yeah. I had to learn this. I learned this year one of my 37 years walking with the Lord. I learned this in year one. He wanted to make sure that I got this lesson under my belt. <laughs> and it was embarrassing I'll just tell you real honest. It was the Lord said something to me and my wife, mm -hmm. but he also told us don't say anything yet. Yeah. I got so excited that I was hearing from God year one. By the way, for those of you who are newborns, yeah, don't don't let anybody tell you you got to go through 12 years of seminary to hear from God. Don't yeah. let anybody put you in that, you know, put that stress on you. It's about relationship. Yes. That's all it's about. It's about relationships. It's a great point. But year one, Troy, I learned this lesson. I was taught this lesson year one because it was something so public. It was something so public that everyone was going to be able to see and participate in and celebrate in, but it but I had the timing wrong. Yeah. From from year one in my walk with God. To right now, today, 37 years later, as a matter of fact, this is January, so literally th 37 years, two months and something later, right? Yeah, yeah. I've come to the conclusion that there are many prophets and prophetic people, but I want to focus for half a second mainly on prophets because that's the office that I'm called to. Many prophets get the information correct but don't wait long enough to get the timing correct. Yeah, man. And and I'll go, if I can, I'll go another step. That's what happened with us, year one. Mm -hmm. God told us something, but he told us not to tell it yet. We got so excited before we knew it, we'd start sharing it. <laughs> we messed up other prophets in the church who started prophesying to us about the thing, right? And it took a year and two days before that thing came to pass. Yeah. And something that that looked just like it came to pass first, but wasn't it. Yeah. And everybody knew it wasn't it. It was that obvious. It was very embarrassing. Exactly a year and two days later, the thing that he told us came to pass, right? It's important. Guys, if you, don't, if you don't hear anything else we say on this podcast, this is a very important podcast. It is important to know when to speak and when not to speak. 
not just to know that you're hearing from God, yeah, but to know when to share and when not to share. Please, 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 please do not live in presumption when it comes to hearing and sharing what you believe God has given you. It's not a good place to be. If he's called you and if he, if he told you the information, then is he not able to tell you when to share it? That's a great point, man. Yeah. And that's, that's something again, that presumption sometimes gets us in a little bit of trouble. Yes. In fact, most of the time it'll get us in trouble. Yes. When we're not careful. So again, it's about sitting in front of God. That's why we say, you know, that the point we made earlier. Yes. You sit in, in front of God until you get it right. Yes. Then you go out in front of the people. That's exactly right. you're instructed right, to, right? That's exactly right. So it, you, you should spend more time listening, way more time listening. Can I go a step further with that? Yes, sir. In general, for believers. In um, general, for believers. We That's have so good. our prayer life. God knows what you need before you ask of it. That's what his word says. He also says you have not because you asked not. So there's nothing wrong with asking. But since he knows what you need before you ask it, yes. do you need to spend so much time asking him for things? Wow. We should spend way more time listening. Yes. Good example. And we, like I said, this podcast is, we're not going to finish it here. But we, <laughs> we can close out here and then pick up. Uh, but here, pick here's up. an example. When I was in my undergrad, one of my classes uh, was networking. And we had this Vizio drawing and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And uh, we had to build, you know, get your components and put them together and, you know, all this kind of stuff and build, you know, build out your whole network and stuff. And then you had to present that yeah. as a project. I made it through. I suffered. I cried a lot, but I made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the key. When I was in the class, there were two things. There were two things that really inhibit a network from working. Uh, at his optimal level. Okay. Right. First thing is noise. So how much chatter do you have on the lines? Right. Because the more noise that you have on your lines, it inhibits uh, the in terminal. Yes. Which is your laptop or your device, whatever it is. Right. From communicating with the server. Yeah. And the server from communicating with your, you know, your device. Right. 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 So that's number one. Number two is distance. Okay. So you have noise. And you have distance. Same effect. The further you are away from the server, yes, will inhibit inhibit you. This is why you have these routers and all yes. this kind of stuff and right. signal boosters and stuff. Signal boosters because I need to be able to connect to the server, yes, and send information to the server, and I need to be able to get information from the server to my end device, whatever right. my device is, right, right, phone, uh, laptop, tablet, whatever. I look at our walk and our 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 relationship with God the same. He's the server. Yes. We're the end user, right? So when I'm looking at that, I still have those same two dynamics yes. that come into play that would inhibit my relationship with God. How much noise is on the lines between boy. me and God? Boy, right? oh boy, oh boy. Because the more noise there is, now watch this, this is what I love, the more noise there is, the more difficult it is to, for me to communicate to the server and more importantly for the server to communicate to me. Boy, so good. Because I need what the server has more than the server needs what I have. That's so good. And then how much distance is there yeah. between me and the server? Yeah. So how much distance do I have? Because that distance between me and the server is going to play the same 
result. Mm. I will not be able to communicate as effectively wow. with that server. And more importantly, that server will not be able to communicate as effectively with me. Wow. So when we look at our prayer life as believers in general, not just as prophets and prophetic people, but yes. as believers in general, how much noise do you deal with in your prayer life? Boy. And how far are you away from God? Mm-mm-mm. Those two things determine a lot when it comes down to being able to hear from God, to being able to transmit information to God, yes. and to be able to walk out this, this life of the prophet or yeah. the life of prophetic people. Yeah. Have to eliminate the noise, have to eliminate the distance. Boy, that's so good. So I think that's a good way. That's a good, it's a good way to stop. I can't wait until we, we come back <laughs> and we're able to do this again because the, the next episode is going to be incredible. Yeah. I thought about this. Maybe we invite some people in too. Yeah. The next. That'd be I, great. I think that'd be good. We know some, we know, we, we, we know we, a few we, prophetic we, we, people. We know a few prophetic people. <laughs> Just a few. Yeah. This is Troy. This is Bruce. And we thank you so much for joining us here under the fig tree.